Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. The book of Hebrews going to be in the 11th chapter once again. Hebrews chapter number 11. And we... Uh, have been speaking concerning uh, living and ministering in a post-Christian culture. And that is a very difficult thing to do. We've described what a post-Christian culture is. Uh, We've described our role, uh, what it is, and how we are to minister, how we are to respond within that. Um, And my uh, thinking in this, the only and best way uh, that we are going to be able to properly minister in a post-Christian culture in which we're living in today is by doing so by faith. By faith. Now, we talk much about faith. We know what faith is as the Bible defines it. In verse number 1 of Hebrews chapter 11, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so we know the definition of faith, but we also know that living by faith is oftentimes easier said than done. Demonstrating our faith is often difficult. And again, if we are going to minister in what is a post-Christian culture, it's going to require us to live our lives by faith and to have a testimony of faith. And God has gone to great lengths in His Word to lay out for us many examples of people that lived their lives by faith. And I think that is one of the most important things that we can do in uh, our life is to learn from other people's example. And it is of prime importance that we do so. And God has gone to great lengths to give us the book of Hebrews and more importantly uh, for our purpose this morning, Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, We call it the great hall. Uh, We often call it the great hall of faith. And uh, the reason is, is because the Bible says in verse number 2, as we've already read verse number 1, you can read with me. As I read, you follow along. The Scripture says, For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith... Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained that witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. Brings us to verse number 5. The scripture says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death. And was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony, that he pleased God. Verse number 6 says, But 
Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Last week, we considered the fourth verse where the Scripture says, By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. We looked at a comparison scripture in Genesis chapter 4 where we found Cain and Abel bringing a sacrifice and a offering before the throne of God. And as the scripture says, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. We found that it was because it was of the first fruits or the uh, firstborn of his sacrifice, of his flock, that God accepted that because God wants to be first in our lives. What we're finding here as we go through this is that God wants to be first, but God also wants to be trusted. God wants to be followed. God wants to be uh, trusted and believed in, for He is God. As we come to the verse number 5, it says, By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. This morning, we want to look at the pleasing faith of Enoch. The pleasing faith of Enoch. Let's pray together and we'll jump right into this. Our Heavenly Father, You are most gracious, most kind, most true God, the only God in heaven, the God of the universe, the God who created the heavens and the earth. You are the God that has given us and preserved for us Your Word that we might grow therein. God, that is our desire this morning, as we've come with an understanding that we are living in the last days, not knowing when you will claim your bride and take your church, preparing for the tribulation period and preparing for what is to come. We have no idea how long these last days will last. For your word reminds us that a day with you is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. But Father, through your word, we're convinced that as we see the signs and we see the symbols of, in front of us, that we can confidently say we're living in these last days. God, in recent Weeks we've looked at and considered the post-Christian culture in which we live in. The moral fabric of our society is broken down. and Every man seems to do that which is right in his own eyes. But Father, we also know that You have left a remnant of people believe and have called upon Your holy name. God, we hope and we trust that we would be considered a part of that. 
Father, as we examine your word this morning, as we examine the life of Enoch as you have revealed to us his testimony of how he pleased you, Father, we see his pattern. We see what is the testimony of his faith. God, I pray today that you would simply reveal to us how we can follow His example to be a people of faith that would be a testimony that would draw others close to Thee. As we pray and ask these things in the name of Your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We see here in this very first verse here of verse number 5 as we consider by faith Enoch was translated. If you'll hold your place here in the book of Hebrews, I'm going to invite you to go to the very first book of the Bible in Genesis. Should be easy for you to find. Just go to the beginning, find the fifth chapter, and I want you to see what the scripture has to say about this man named Enoch. In each one of these examples in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, we will find an Old Testament counterpart or an Old Testament account of their life and their testimony. So each week we will begin in the book of Hebrews in the 11th chapter and then we will find the corresponding place in Scripture that gives the events and the testimony of the elders that leave behind a testimony of faith. This morning it's in the book of Genesis in chapter number 5, really just a few verses in the midst of a genealogy of the beginning of time. In verse number 1, it says, this is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. And so again, we find this testimony as God framed the world by His words, with His own hands, He created Adam. And in verse number 3, it begins to give the genealogy from Adam down through Noah in verse number 32. As the Scripture says, And Noah was 500 years old, and Noah begat Shem, Ham, and Japheth. So we find this genealogy tucked in the middle, uh, really toward the end of this genealogy account, we find some of the few verses that we have concerning this man, Enoch, that the Scripture says, walked with God by faith. In verse number 21, the Scripture says, And Enoch lived sixty and five years and begat Methuselah. In verse 22, it says, And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah three hundred years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were three hundred and sixty-five years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. And Methuselah lived a hundred and eighty and seven years and begat Lamech. 
So we'll stop there because that's where the Scripture stops talking about Enoch. Again, tucked in this genealogy account starting with Adam, going all the way to Noah, giving the account of ages and all of this. But yet in the midst of this, the Scripture gives us this testimony of Enoch. Not a lot in Scripture, not a lot here in the book of Genesis. But in this, it's interesting that within just four verses, by the time we come to Hebrews chapter 11, the Scripture gives us a beautiful, wonderful picture and testimony of this man. A unique man that had a unique event happen in his life. The Bible says that he walked with God and was not, for God took him. In Hebrews chapter 11, it uses the word translated. We use that term to talk about translation from one uh, particular uh, language into another. And that is one particular meaning of, uh, of the definition of translation or translated. Uh, but really, in the foundation of this word translated, the Scripture uses it, uh, for it means to be conveyed from one place to another. To be removed from one place to another. And so when we find this testimony of the man Enoch, and we find that it was by faith, the Scripture says, that he walked with God. And I want you to notice, number one this morning, Enoch's trust in God. He trusted Him. And therefore, he walked with Him. As he trusted in God, he trusted God obviously so completely, and so honestly, and so uprightly, that one day God said, why don't you just come on over here with me? I don't claim, folks, to completely understand this scenario in Scripture. I don't claim to fully understand why God would do that for Enoch and not anyone else. All I know is, is this is what the Scripture says, and I believe it. By faith. I believe it. That one day, Enoch just walking and conversing, after having many children, after having uh, a relationship with there, he had a personal relationship with God, that he walked with God, and one day, God took him. But he walked with God. Now, I don't know if you've ever tried walking with someone or not, but uh, there, there is a way to walk. And I'm going to ask Rachel to come help me here uh, this morning. Uh, she's always willing uh, to be a participant uh, in this um, because we need to illustrate a, a couple of things here. And um, I, I want you uh, to walk with me as a wife should, okay? <laughs> as a wife should. So I'm going to walk. No, 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 no. Uh, oh, so as a wife should, hand in hand, walking together. Amen. Walking together. Now, what if I were to say, now there are some cultures, some cultures, see how we're walking together, we can even do it backwards. Do you know there are some cultures that would say a wife should 
walk with her husband like this. Now, I'm, I, I, she could be making faces behind me. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm not knocking other cultures. I'm not knocking any of that. I'm just saying as a husband, and I know as my wife, she doesn't like walking behind me. She's too short. She can't see anything. But her preference is to actually walk with me, not walk after me. There is a difference, isn't there? There's a difference in walking with someone and walking after someone. But then there's a, there are other scenarios where because she is shorter and, and that, there are times where I will send her ahead of me and if it's a tight space where we can't walk side by side and I will send her ahead of me and I will tell you, she doesn't like that. The reason she doesn't like that is because she says, I'm not supposed to be the leader. But now I wonder this morning, how many of you do this with God? I know I have in my life. You can come back, dear. Walk with me. I know in my life, I've, there's been many times where I've gotten ahead of the Lord. Because, well, I know the way. But Enoch, the Bible says, he walked with God. I will tell you, if I'm in front of her, or she's behind me, or vice versa, you know what? It's really hard to have a conversation that way. She's talking ahead of me, and I'll say, Huh? Because you know, well, I'm getting older and, and hearing is just not what I do very well anymore. And she'll repeat herself and I'll act like I knew what she said. Oh, okay. Huh? You see, there's a reason we walk with. This is my good side, by the way, my good ear. It's my left ear. There are times even just driving together and she's sitting on my right, she'll say something and it's one of those, huh? Some of you have a deaf ear to God, don't you? Enoch didn't. By faith, he walked with God. He walked with God. Thank you, dear, for helping me with that illustration. I want you to notice something because there's another verse in Scripture that gives us some insight to Enoch. We find it in the book of Jude. The book of Jude. If you will look here with me, find that in the New Testament, in the book of Jude, because it gives us some insight. So what you can do there is you can find the end of Scripture, find the book of Revelation, and then just go back one book before the book of Revelation, and you'll be... In the book of Jude, it's just one chapter, so easy to find there. But because Enoch trusted God, and because he walked with God, Jude, God gave Jude some insight to Enoch's life. God gave insight to Enoch's life. In verse number 14. Actually, go back to verse number 13, if you would. It says, Raging waves of the sea 
foaming out of their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Now you can go back to verse number 11 as well, because notice this. It says, Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Korah. Now look here. We'll find in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, it talks about by faith how Abel had a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Jude mentions Cain as well here in verse 11 as it says, Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. Then it goes through and gives the example, verse 12, These spots feast of charity when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming out of their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. But notice this, and Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of His saints to execute judgment upon all, and to convince all that are ungodly among them of their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against Him. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lusts, and their mouth speaketh great swelling words having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who shall walk after their own ungodly lusts. But I want you to notice this. Enoch trusted God. And because he trusted God, he, number one, walked with God. But the second thing is he witnessed for God. He witnessed for God. Now look, you have to understand, we talk about our culture today. Talk about our culture. I want you to consider the culture that Enoch lived in for a moment. Now Enoch, the scripture tells us here in the book of Jude that they were uh, he was the seventh from Adam. But Enoch was toward the end of this genealogy account. By the time it got to Noah, you can imagine how bad it had gotten. It had gotten so bad in the day of Noah that God destroyed everything with a flood. Enoch was a preacher. Enoch was a warner sent from God because he walked with God. He knew God's heart. He knew God's desire. And notice what he said, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of His saints to execute judgment upon all 
He knew God's desire, but he also knew God's judgment. He walked with God. And because he walked with God, he warned of God, listen, listen, we have complete, perfect, infallible, holy, inspired Word of God. Can I just tell you, we know because God preserved it for us, we know the end, don't we? We know the end. We know what's going to happen. We know exactly what's going to happen. We know about the rapture. We know about the judgment to come after the rapture. We know about the battle of Armageddon. We know about all of these things. And yet, we remain silent. Enoch, by faith, walked with God. He trusted Him. He trusted Him. And again, we don't have enough information to, uh, to know, and so I make uh, a few because I'm human. I make a few suppositions, but I don't know if it were Enoch or God that brought it up. But just knowing man, I, I, I can make an assumption that it was probably Enoch that brought up and said, Lord, it's, it's, it's getting bad around here. I just can't get over how bad it is. I can't get over the way these people just, they, they just want to do whatever they want to do without considering you. Now again, I don't know if that's the way it went down or not, but I can see that. I can see it. But God said, Enoch, understand, it's not going by without me noticing. I'm going to execute judgment. And all those that are ungodly, they'll know. And notice it says in verse 15, And of their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. God told Enoch, he said, look, they're going to have it. And Enoch did all he could to warn them. Let me ask you something. Have you warned someone of what's to come? The judgment of God? Because look, listen, the judgment of God is escapable. Amen. Listen, the judgment of God is escapable through Jesus Christ. They don't have to go through it. And yes, we can warn, and yes, we can give the message of the gospel, because it's a saving message. Enoch walked with God. Because he walked with God, he trusted God. And Because he trusted God, he had a testimony for God. I want you to go back to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. Because he walked with God and trusted God, he had a testimony for God. And the Bible tells us in verse number 5, he had this testimony. That he pleased God. 
Now look, we, we, we consider this and we say, oh, he, he pleased God because he walked with him. No, 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 that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says he pleased God because he trusted God. And this was his testimony. And so while we consider his trust in God, I want you to see number two, Enoch's testimony for God. The testimony that he had was, number one, that he walked with God. We've already illustrated this. He walked with God. He didn't follow after God. He didn't get ahead of God. He walked with God. He conversed with God. He trusted God. Matter of fact, we can even say, based on this testimony in Hebrews chapter 11, that Enoch believed God above all else. That was his testimony. That's still his testimony today. Because notice verse number 6, it says, But without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Enoch was a man of faith. And in that, he believed God above all else. If God said it to Enoch and God recorded it or God said something, Enoch just said, yes, sir, I believe that. Can I tell you this morning, we can, we can take God at His word just the same as Enoch did. We don't have to have doubt. We don't have to have mistrust. We can trust the Lord. Enoch believed God above all else. And he believed Him to be God. Again, notice this in verse number 6. It tells us everything here. And it is not without coincidence. Again, I know that often when we come to Hebrews chapter 11, we focus a lot on verse number 6. But I want to remind you that verse number 6 is the testimony of Enoch. This is the testimony of Enoch. And the wonderful thing is, it can also be your testimony. It can also be my testimony. Because it says, but without faith it's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is. That He is what? Well, that He is God. And that is how we know that Enoch believed God above all else. Because he that cometh to God must believe that He is. Hey, listen, I want to remind you in this, that Enoch, while he walked with God, Enoch initiated part of the relationship. Because he understood who God was, he wanted to be with God. Because he understood God for being God, for being the creator of the universe, for being the one that would execute judgment in the future, Enoch sought after God. Because notice this again, verse number 6, break this down. He said he must believe that he is, that he is God. Oh, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. He sought after God. Where God was, Enoch wanted to be there. Enoch wanted to be there. I will tell you the relationship that Enoch had with God was one that we ought to desire. Where God was, 
Enoch said, that's where I want to be. Children go through a time of life where they want to be with mom and dad, or mom or dad. In some cases, a child may want to be more with mom or more with dad. But have you ever noticed with children, there are some times of their life that they simply say, I just want to be alone. Leave me alone. It happens. It happens. And I will tell you, it happens in the Christian life too. It happens in the Christian life too. And there are times when God seeks after us. He says, come on. Come on. And I'm convinced this morning there are times when God says, I'll leave you alone. Jesus illustrated that for us in the New Testament as He described the woman that had lost a coin. She had ten, but she lost one. And she cleaned her whole house looking for that one lost coin. A shepherd that had a hundred sheep. One wandered off and was by himself. And Jesus said that shepherd left the 99 sheep that were safe, that were sound, and went after the one. When he found it, he picked it up and carried it back. And in both cases, Jesus said, and so the angels of heaven rejoice when one sinner cometh to repentance. There are times when God says, come back, come back, come back. But in the third story, Jesus said there was a certain man that had two sons. One came in and asked for his inheritance. And you know the story well, more than likely. He got his inheritance and not too long after, he took that inheritance and he left. He said, I want to be alone with what is mine. And the father let him go. And the Bible describes that young man as wasting his substance on riotous living. He took what his father had given him, the inheritance that his father gave him, and he wasted it all. Wasted it all. And his father let him. Not one time do we see the father going after the son. I'm convinced this morning. But if you're at a point in your life where you say, I just want to be left alone, God. It's very likely for God to say, okay. Okay. But you know, one of the greatest parts of that story is that that young man came to the end of himself. He came to the end where he said, I had it pretty good at my dad's house. 
Matter of fact, the servants at my dad's house have it better than I have it now. I was wondering if my dad would hire me to be a servant. Because he didn't feel worthy to be a son. He got so desperate that he went back to his father's house. Simply desiring to be a servant. Oh. But by the grace of God, by the grace of God, the Father sitting there one day, don't know what he was doing, but out the window, he sees his son coming down. He says, well, well, that well, can't be. And the Bible says the father left the house, ran down the way. With tears, he grabbed his son with a hug and a greeting that only a father could give a wayward son. Kissed him. Said, Welcome home. Listen, you may be saying, Leave me alone. You may have said, I want to be by myself. And God may have said, Okay. Okay. But I will promise you this, God's standing there with open arms to say, welcome home. Enoch walked with God. He sought after God by faith. Listen, I implore you, I beg you this morning, oh, walk with Him. Seek Him. But the Scripture says, one, it pleases God when we do. Not only is God pleased, but it says that God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. I have no idea where you're at this morning. Spiritually speaking, have no idea. But God wants to say, welcome home. And this may be the day, this may be the time that you're going to have to come to the end of yourself. Say, that's where I want to be. I want to be where God's at. It's rewarding. You see, the sun... In that story that Jesus told, the son said, I just want to be a servant. I'm just willing to be a servant because they have it better than I have right now. And the father said, servant? He said, oh, no, sir. You're my son. And he commanded one of the servants who said, bring him a new set of clothes. Get him a ring on his finger. Put the robe upon him. Somebody go get the fattest calf you can find and kill it. We're, we're having a party. 
My son has come home. You see, he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now listen, that son didn't deserve any of that. Amen? It's not about deserving. It's about who God is. It's not about what we deserve. It's about who He is. May we get that this morning. May we get that. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Our role, our job is to simply seek God. Enoch had a testimony. He trusted God. The last thing, very quickly, we see Enoch's translation. Again, I have no idea how this went down. The Bible doesn't tell us. It just says one day he was walking. And he was. It says one day he was. And then he was not. Again, I imagine the conversation. I don't know whose idea it was. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even begin to try to put that into Scripture. But, but I can see God and Enoch walking together. And maybe Enoch said, God, I long to be with you. God, I long to be where you are. And God's simply saying, well, you want to come? Come on. I can see it. I don't know if that's how it went down or not, but I can see it. Very similar when Jesus came walking on the water. And He said, be not afraid, it is I. None of them believed him. And Peter said, Lord, if that's you, you bid me to come out into the water with you. And Jesus said, come on. I don't know if that's how it happened or not. All I know is that the Bible says he was, and then he was not, because God took him. And they looked for him. They said, anybody seen Enoch? Now, my guess is at some point in time, someone had to consult him who knew who, where Enoch was. I think somebody went, maybe Methuselah, maybe somebody else. God, we can't find Enoch. We can't find my dad. God said, well, I took him. He walked with me faith in me. He said he wanted to be here. I, again, I don't know. But God had to tell somebody because it's in Scripture. Amen? God had to tell somebody. And you know what? By faith. By faith, Enoch walked with God. He had a testimony that he pleased God because he sought after God. And he's rewarded by God. For he was, and then he was not. You see, it is by faith that you and I 
must believe this biblical account. must believe this biblical account. He was, then he was not. Friend, one day you and I are going to close our eyes in death. And the history of Scripture and the history of the world is going to be before our eyes. Things that we may have never believed here will become sight. Enoch was, and then he was not. Listen, may I remind you that our belief in something is not what determines truth. Truth determines truth. I happen to believe that Enoch was, and then he was not, for God took him. I believe that. One day... I'm going to see it and know it for a fact, for what it is. I'll see it with my eyes spiritually. God will reveal. The question is this morning, I'm closing. Where is your faith? Abel had a faith that put God first. Enoch had a faith, said, I trust God in all things. In all things and above all else. Well, and that pleased God. God rewarded Enoch. Where is your faith this morning? Is it increasing? Is it getting larger? Is it growing? As our faith fluctuates, where is your faith? May it be in God and God alone. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning.